Welcome to the shit show of my 20s. My name's Sophia. I'm a 20-year-old loan officer from California. I started this podcast back in April 2020. Got furloughed from my job for about three months. And during those three months, I was very honest with myself. I was like, we can either start emotionally eating. We can start suppressing these feelings of not feeling worthy because you've lost this thing that you attach so much of your identity to. Or we could start that podcast that you've always been wanting to start. So I decided to go with that second option and I'm so glad I did. I've interviewed over 130 people since then. It's been incredible. I've got to interview music artists and seven-figure entrepreneurs and just all these incredible people with different stories and different ways of how they got to where they are and just hearing about their journey, hearing about their shit show moments because we all have shit show moments and just learning how to navigate them better and learning how to learn from them and take them and create something magical out of them. And I'm so glad that I get to interview all these incredible people and I am such a big believer that you can radically change your life in a year. You can just radically change your circumstances, where you're at. And I remember being 19 and just trying to get a job and applying to like, I was applying to Ross and like a smoothie bar and like all these places wouldn't take me. And I was like so offended. I was like, why is no one taking me? And then I finally passed my NMLS test and then I got a job with a major mortgage company. And I was like, oh, that's why they didn't take me because I was meant to go down and get this job instead of that job. And I went from being 19 with zero dollars in my bank account and just being so stressed about money and so stressed about like is it gonna come into my life do I what am I gonna do about this to being 20 year old with over 60 grand in savings and I think one of the big changes that I made between those two was even when I had zero in the savings account I still believed that I was abundant I still believed that money was gonna flow into my life I still believed in something that I couldn't see at the time because I knew it was just a matter of time before it was gonna come so I'm such a huge believer and you can radically change your scenario you can step into that next version of you and that next version of you that higher self version of you she's not that far away as you think i think she's just there's just garbage in the way and it's just undercovering that garbage that's in the way of you getting to her and just stepping into that and the next version of you with the next level of results it's something i'm super passionate about and i hope from this podcast that you get to hear these stories and relate with these people and just relate with like not necessarily like just reconnecting to that path of what you want to do and reconnecting to that higher version of you and what you wanted to be when you were younger and what lights you up and what brings you joy so i'm so excited for you guys to hear these episodes would love to connect with you on instagram my instagram's the shit show my 20s dm me and love to have a conversation and feel free to share this with someone you know will love it and you can also leave a review on itunes i would love that Today's guest is Alexis. I love chatting with her. Alexis is an NLP mindset and success coach. She is also the host of the Higher Purpose podcast. She helps first-generation entrepreneurs achieve success through a holistic mindset and lifestyle. We go into so much in this episode from dealing with childhood trauma to what inspired her to get into coaching to dealing with being in a toxic workplace and just how she was able to get out of that toxic workplace and start to create her dream life. One of the main themes I feel like of this episode in particular is just manifesting a new reality. Like whatever reality you have right now, you get to choose and you get to create your own reality. So if you want to create a reality totally different, totally more abundant, totally different than where you are right now, it's completely possible. And I think her story is a great testament to that. So I'm so excited for you guys to hear this episode. Let's get started.
Thank you so much, Alexis, for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to getting to know you. I'd love to start. Tell me, like, what have your 20s been like so far? Feel free to include any shit show moments you think we might resonate with. Let's start there. All right. Well, first off, thanks for having me on your podcast. I'm super excited to be here. I am 22 years old. I'm a mindset and success coach. I help first-generation entrepreneurs achieve success through a holistic mindset and lifestyle. I haven't always been like healthy. I haven't always been like on this path of fulfillment. It was like, I was your typical, you know, 18, 19 year old fake ID partying every single weekend, like drunk girl in the bathroom throwing up type thing. You know, just, I was a server. I was like, you know, getting screamed at by my boss, all those fun things and full-time in school, like thinking I want to do nursing school and like just busting my ass because people think like when you're in your twenties, that's what you're supposed to be doing. And like that the hustle has to be really hard. And I just don't think that's true. So I gave up like that shit show that I was, you know, putting myself through. I got really healthy and like started just like discovering more about myself and realize like, I don't know, there's just way more to life than, than, than what society like tells you. And tell me about that shift from being a server to going to success coaching. Cause I'm sure that was quite a massive shift for you. So I was like getting ready for nursing school. Serving is like an amazing way to help in college. And I was finishing all my prereqs for nursing school. Like I literally, all I had to do next was actually apply to nursing school. I was in, that was it. That was all I needed to do. And I was serving at this Italian restaurant. I was serving, first of all, like the first serving job, I was there for four years. I worked my way up to manager. My boss was awesome. Like it was the best thing ever. But I felt like because I had good experience, I could just go to another restaurant in the meantime to get through nursing school and make more money. And I got a job at this Italian restaurant and like my boss, it was just wild. Like it was such a shift right then and there. Like she would scream at us on every shift. Like, and she liked to pick on me like specifically. And like, she would like very openly, like, like to make me uncomfortable at my job and started scheduling me like six days a week, crazy, crazy. And my boyfriend and my mom were like, before you quit, talk to her, see if you can talk to her, you know, and, and fix the situation. So I, you know, it was Christmas Eve and she had scheduled me Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. I worked like 12 hours on Christmas Eve and I was crying because I couldn't see my family. And I went into her office and I tried talking to her and she totally like flipped it all on me. And it was, it was really bad, like really just toxic. And so I had, I had eczema at the time. I had eczema my whole life. And like, it just recently went away, which I credit to like this health journey. And my had it on my face, like just flare ups. It was a really toxic and stressful time. And on top of that, like I'm serving six days a week. So obviously in my free time, I just want to go and party and get drunk, you know? And I was still like, I still had my Instagram page, but I wasn't super serious about my coaching. I was more serious about just like being motivational, being a light to people. And so, yeah, I just walked in um, the day before New Year's Eve last year and I handed her and I was like, I just want you to know, like, this is effective immediately and I'm done. And I like, haven't had to, I've nannied, you know, in the meantime, because it's like, I love kids and it's an amazing thing to help me while I build my business, but I will never go back, you know, like that shift, I quit like my job. And like, like I said, like my eczema completely cleared up. I was no longer working six days a week. Like I, this Christmas, I spent so much time with my family because since I was like 15, I had a job. So it's like, I've worked all the holidays. And so it's really nice to make that switch as an entrepreneur to really make your own schedule. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, like, I don't have to not only like show up to that job six days a week, but also like the stress of just being in a toxic environment can really take a toll on you. So 
yeah, like I have so much more time for me and it's really fun. Just like my boyfriend as well as an entrepreneur, he's a personal trainer. So like we both get to make our own schedules and like he made the shift within the last year, you know, in his business as well. And so it's been just like really fun to like realize like, damn, like I'm never going back to a regular job again. And what advice would you give to someone who's maybe stuck in that toxic work environment right now? It's just not worth it. Like I understand, you know, we have bills to pay and, 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 and money is like money gives us a sense of freedom and money shouldn't be your sole motivation. But like at the end of the day, quitting that job, like just might save your life. You know what I mean? It's these jobs are so quick to replace you. The, the job, there's just no need for anybody to ever talk down to you. Like that's just what I learned. Like I'm a human being, whether it's relationships work, like no one deserves to be talked to like that or treated less than. And there's just, there's just no reason that you deserve to stay in an environment like that. Like, I understand if you want the money, but I promise you, like you're better off finding a side hustle or find just applying to every single job that is more in your interest. And like, there's just things out there. You know what I mean? Like you cannot say that you're stuck at this job and that's why you can't quit. Like, I just refuse to believe that when people say that. So my advice is like, I refuse to believe that you can't quit your job. You need to quit your job and you're going to quit your job and you're going to you know, make more time for you and like put yourself in a position to like care about yourself. Like I understand you need the money, but money cannot be your motive. And what did the start look like for your personal development journey? And what did what? The start look like, what was your catalyst moment for your own personal development journey? For my own personal development Mm -hmm. journey. So honestly, like from a really young age, when I was like four years old, I watched my brother pass away. He drowned and then they put him on life support. And within like two days, my mom made the decision to take him off. And then a year later, my dad's an immigrant from Mexico and in Mexican culture, like feelings, emotions, like it's not very much talked about. So he couldn't like handle the death. And he called my mom and was like, you know, I don't really want to be like Alexis' dad anymore type thing. So I haven't seen him since. And I just grew up like, you know, having a single mom. My mom was really young as well. She had me when she was 20. So that's like, you know, shit show of your 20s type thing. And I grew up just like in a environment, like a, a party environment. Like I said, like how I was partying, like my mom was still in her twenties, wanted to party. Like I was just around a bunch of 20 year olds all the time growing up. And I just felt like I was, I just like at a young age, I was taught to like not take care of what I wanted to do, but it was always just about what everyone else was doing. And so I, you know, just kind of have always kept to myself. I kept quiet. I tried to not be extra in any way. Tried to like, tried to just make sure that people liked me, you know, and I had friends and like friends who didn't always treat me right. I got into relationships with guys and I was in one specific relationship I got into when I was 18 and it lasted about almost three years. And I really felt like, you know, this guy was the one and a huge part of the change was just feeling so stagnant in that relationship. And then as well as like, there was mental abuse going on. And I just felt like, oh my God, they're like, this just can't be it. You know, like between what, like what I'm going through in this relationship, like, you know, I come from a family of alcoholics, low income, you know, first generation citizen type thing. Like there's just all like, there just has to be more. Like I refuse to believe that because I have these circumstances, it's going to hold me down. You know, like there's just, there's just no way, like I cannot sit still. And so I just, the first thing was I had gained like 30 plus pounds in the span of like a year, which is pretty unhealthy. And it started triggering like really bad anxiety, you know? So not only was I having anxiety, I wasn't being healthy. I was, you know, revolving my life around this guy and, and hoping that 
even because I had it planned. Like I was like, oh, I'm going to go to nursing school. Things will be great. And like, we'll just be happy together. But I just realized that like, I couldn't tie myself to someone who didn't have the same vision as me. And as well as like I said, like, you just don't deserve to be treated less than ever. I don't really care what your excuse is, what trauma you went through. So I, you know, made that decision. Like I love this guy, but I love myself way more. So I started hitting the gym. I started meditating, reading. I created my Instagram account and I just started meeting all these people. And I was like, this is what I was looking for. This whole, like, is there more? This is it. You know, this is exactly it. It doesn't look like, you know, partying on a fancy yacht or flying all around the world. Those are amazing things. But like the truth, like change came from my day to day, you know, it wasn't. And, and so just in that day to day, it slowly started building up. I started getting confident. I started feeling really good. Like, oh my God, like I just feel really positive. I feel like I'm here to make a change. I, all these things. And yeah, so I ended that relationship and I just, and, and I think a couple months before I'd ended the relationship was when that change for myself, like really started happening, which enabled me to like end the relationship. And then I just really started going all in, like on me, you know, like it was about me and the type the, like being the best person I could really be. And going back to being stagnant in that relationship, what advice would you give someone who feels stagnant in their relationships? Definitely. Stagnancy is not an easy feeling. And I think the more you sit in it, obviously, the more it's going to build up. You know what I mean? Like I said, like I got to this point where I was in this relationship where I was like, oh my God, like this just can't be it. Like I got to that point. I got to that point where I was like, I just have so much love for myself and I just would be doing myself such a disservice to stay in a relationship that isn't going to to benefit me you know and 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 stagnancy as well like don't sit around and wait for the other person to change or think that they're going to get it together overnight like it's just not your job to worry about another person's like you know um actions like it's just not your job to worry about them. And if you feel like, you know, you're working on yourself and this person's pulling you down or they don't necessarily get it, then it's not your job to explain it to them. And no means is it ever your job to explain to somebody the type of person that you want to be and the type of life that you want to live. And anybody who holds you back from that just doesn't really need a spot in your life. It's not rude. It's not, you know, like there's just no like bad way you could spin it. You are doing what's best for you and you're choosing to cut people out who don't really support that lifestyle. So my best bet first is to always just have a really honest conversation and their reaction is going to tell you everything you need to know. When you were growing up, you were growing up in a different circumstance, but how were you able to shift your mindset from, even though I grew up in these circumstances, I do not want these circumstances for my life. And I'm going to create a whole different reality than what I see right now. I think a huge part of it was because like my mom was so young. So she was just like really doing her best at the time. Like she had just lost a son and then she's going through divorce. And now her husband's like, I don't want to take care of, you know, the other kid. And like, my mom's an amazing person. Like, you know what I mean? Like she handled it pretty well. And, and I learned a lot from that. Like I learned a lot from it. It just does, you know, justice to sit around and like dwell on, on things that you can't necessarily change. And my mom always made sure that I knew like how big of a blessing it was to have my brother, you know, for as long as I did. And, and I feel so blessed and, and just a huge part of it though, was also though, like, yeah, my mom was doing the best she can, but still like, I needed to do better than that. You know, like I couldn't just be like, okay, yeah. Like, like you, you understand the situation. They're just, yeah. So I feel like a huge part of it was after, you know, like my brother passed and all this, like growing up, it was like, everyone understood the situation, right? But no one really did the, the work for the situation. Like it was like, oh, this happened. 
it's sad, let's grieve and we'll talk about it from year to year. But like, no one was really like, like in my eyes, I saw it as like, well, my brother just lost his life. I want to live a full life if he couldn't, you know, like it just makes, it put things into a different perspective for me, especially because I saw him pass away in front of me. Like I watched them, you know, pull him out of the water and I watched, you know, go to the ER and just be on like support for two days. And from like, I don't know, I was four years old, but it just like clicked. I, I wish I could tell people like that this moment came when I was older or that there was like a definite moment, but it really was just like something just clicked in me that like I had to be some type of light and just seeing the way that like my circumstances were, it was the same thing, like wondering there has to be more like, you know, like I, like I said, I grew up, you know, in like a family of alcoholism. So I spent every single weekend, you know, just sitting around on the couch while everyone's getting drunk. So in my head, I'm like, there has to be more like, so now you become an adult, right? You become an adult, you have the power to completely rewrite your story. And, and so like, that's exactly what I did. It was like, you, you have two options, you know, you could sit there and complain about it and, and cry and, and feel frustrated, which I did for a really long time, sit there and just have full on panic attacks. But then I was like, well, I don't know what to do. It's so easy to tell yourself, I don't know what to do. And the reality is, is you always do know what to do, but it's, it goes back to taking time for yourself to figure out what you need because you're not going to find those answers from anybody else. You know what I mean? And, and life just isn't going to change magically for you. You have to make the change. And what's something that helped you through your grieving process with your brother? I think it never really like hit me until I remember one day I was like 12 or 13 and I was like, holy shit, like that is really traumatic, you know, like, I don't know the way my family processed it was very like in a happy sense, but like, I still never processed it myself. You know, like I assumed, well, from a young age, everyone was like, wow, Alexis, you're so strong. Like, that's just what I always heard. So I took it on like, yeah, I have to be strong. I have to be quiet. I have to mind my business, stay out the way. But like, at the same time, people know what I went through. So they know, like, I'm just this strong person, you know? And, and, and like, you can't just sit there and tell yourself that, that you're, I don't know, that you're strong. Like, it just doesn't work like that. Like, and, and so, yeah, it just hit me one day. I was like, this is really traumatic. Like, I need, like, what can I do to really, like, work through it? And I cried, I cried, I cried. I have pictures of my brother that, like, really allow me to, like, to this day, like, I just go back and look. Like, I, I'm a lot, like, I have conversations. I think the craziest thing is, like, just the, the comfort in knowing that, like, he's just watching over me. You know what I mean? I think that was a huge part of my, like, grieving process was turning it into something that was just bigger than me. Like, not only did, like, you know, I, I ended up losing someone that I love so much, but like I said, it's just bigger than me. Like, clearly, I had to step out into the world and, like, just do something differently to get different results. And, yeah, like, clearly the way that, like, my family had grieved wasn't working, you know? Mm -hmm. So for me to be able to start being, like, I think my way of grieving was becoming more of me. You know what I mean? Like, instead of being like, oh, yeah, Alexis, like, I'm just so strong. That's just who I am. You know, like, I, I told myself that me being strong meant I had to put up a wall. I had to, you know, just be like, not mean, but just kind of be this person that like, doesn't show emotion. And, and I think breaking that down was a part of my grieving process. Like being able to, a huge part of the grieving process was understanding that like all of your emotions are okay, as opposed to just like deem, like telling yourself that you have good and bad emotion. And can you go more into becoming more you? And maybe yeah, what, uh, what, what is something else that maybe helped you, allowed you to become more you? And what's some advice you would give someone who maybe wants to become more them? I love this question. Becoming more you is like the 
best fucking thing you could do for this for yourself for the people around you and like for this world like I think people do themselves a disservice when they try to like box themselves into someone else you know like like we're just not meant to live like anyone else and being me meant like I had to stop being scared like I was so I had this big fear of being seen and being heard and that was something I really had to work through and and then once I worked through that I was like wow like I do have important things to say I am an important person I like no one cares as much as you think they do and that's what stops us from being authentic right is like from a young age like people start telling you how to act or what not to do in public or just like tell you you're weird or things like that like from a young age someone told you something and you held on to it and now whenever like you criticize yourself it's it's someone else's projection like it literally never was yours to carry so you have to ask yourself like when it comes to being authentic like what part of you are you hiding like why do you feel like you need to hide it And go back, like really go back to the first time you remember actually like being told that you remember the reason why that limiting belief is coming up for you. That's like a huge thing. And, and, and really like, it's, I don't know how to explain it. It's just really finding confidence in your authenticity, because once you realize that there's no one like you, you're going to want to show up as you every day. Like you just don't want to be like everyone else, especially nowadays, like I think it's so important that you bring your individuality to the table. Cause like I said, like you're benefiting the people around you. You're benefiting like people you have yet to meet. Like when you start to align yourself with who you really are. And I think that goes into like your characteristics, your values, your actions, like all of those things that make up who you are when you start aligning with all of those things like life has no choice but to work itself out like if you wake up every day and do the things that you want to do and show up who you want to show up as that is like living the dream like that's just li- you know what I mean and it's I think it's crazy to even say that because not enough people do that and then not be wanting to be heard or not wanting to be seen where do you think that stemmed from for you not wanting to be heard like I said like I just grew up you know like in a like on the weekends, you know, in this like alcoholic environment, people were just always partying. Like growing up, I was around so many partying adults and like drunk adults. And that's not really a place for like a kid to be. But like before we would even get there, let's say if I wasn't like feeling well or something, you know, it's like, oh, we'll just take a Tylenol and go sleep on the couch and I'll wake you up when we're ready to leave. Or, you know, I remember when I started my period, you know what I mean? Like it was like, okay, put some toilet paper on and then we'll just go and get some pads when we leave the party. You know, like it's, it, like, it, it, I don't know, like, it just was a lot to be like, okay, well, like, when, like, when, when do I matter? Like, when can I speak up? And so then that led to like middle school, high school, you get to middle school, high school. And as a, as a female, as a woman, like men are like, boys are mean to you. You know, people tell me I'm ugly. You know, people tell me I'm annoying, things like that. Like those things really started to stick with me. So then I got, like I said, to high school and it was like, well, people think I'm annoying. So I don't want to be too much. I don't want to act. I can't be me because that's annoying to people. I, I can't like voice my opinions because every time I did when I was little, it didn't really matter anyways. Like it was never a big enough deal to really matter. So like, just like a, like a tie up of those things. And then finally getting in, you know, that relationship and friendships in high school through college, like just realizing like you, like you just need to show up for yourself and, and realizing like you cannot let other people dictate how you show up. That, that was huge. Like that being seen and being heard, like made such a switch in my business. Like I already knew I wanted to share my message and be a coach, but like understanding like where that stemmed from that that fear of being seen and heard it's like I'm not that little girl anymore who you know can't bring it up I'm not that that teenager who boys 
tell her she's ugly and she's annoying and her friends are talking mean about her behind her back. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not, you are not that person anymore. I am not that person anymore. And there's just so much to learn from that, that like, that's what really empowers me to be authentic, to do it for, you know, that part of my life where I wasn't being authentic. And someone who is maybe looking at their childhood trauma and they're feeling overwhelmed because it's a lot and they don't know where to start to unpack it. What advice would you give for them? You can't heal yourself all at once. It can be really, really overwhelming. Like that's just an honest perspective. Like there's some things that I still haven't really, like I've, I've you know, like I've, I've acknowledged things, but this, I can't sit there and work on everything at once. It is not your job to like heal everything at once. And it's really unrealistic for yourself. So I think you're going to start with your biggest limiting belief. Like that is it. Like start with the biggest limiting belief. What's holding you back the most in your life right now? What, what do you think you're not good enough? You're not smart enough. You don't know enough, like whatever it is, trace it back to like the first time you heard that. And, and like, it probably wasn't the last time you had heard that at that time. And, and like, just really like working through it. Like, what would I like to think instead? And, and asking yourself like, as well with childhood traumas is this my anxiety to carry because it, it comes a time like you maybe like there's just so much energies involved you know what I mean like and so yeah it's really important to ask yourself like is this even my anxiety to carry right now is this my this any like these limiting beliefs this anxiety it, most of the time it stems from other people so yeah going back to childhood trauma just like really understanding like you were a child like you were a child there's just no way that anything you went through was ever your fault and 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 just strive to be the person that you needed when you were younger like that is like the key to healing yourself like and then like staying so in touch with your inner child as well like when you're authentic you're giving that inner child a voice and and then it just it kind of just all goes hand in hand like I've been through so much trauma and I did the healing but now I know like I don't know like having conversations with your inner child like letting her him know like it's okay now. And we're working towards something better, like not living so stuck in these traumas that we think like, well, we have to live like this, or just as this is the way things are going to always be. And what, what was like the moment that you're like, I'm becoming a coach. This is happening right now. And what was that moment like for you? And what did your first offer look like? So I was, like I said, I was in nursing school. I had gone on a family vacation and it didn't go too well. And like, at that time, things were already iffy in my relationship. I was already iffy with myself, iffy with things, you know, at home with my family. And so I was like, I have two younger sisters. They're 10 years younger than me. They're 11 and 12. They're literally my best friends, the coolest people ever. But like, I just had to show them like, there's so much more in this world than like what we're experiencing at home. Just the things like that we see on a day-to-day basis. I just wanted to prove to them that like, yeah, that there was like light out there. And, and so I created an Instagram account and it was called the best big sis. And I wanted to be like a role model for just girls who maybe don't have role models type thing. And my first offer was actually like, it was pretty cool. So I just started posting, posting, and then came June. I was taking my last two classes for nursing school. And I was, like I said, I was getting ready to apply and I was on Instagram and this thing called the health coach Institute popped up. I was like, what the heck is that? So I clicked on it. And I saw like, all like, do you like to do this? Do you want to help people? Do you want to make a change? I was like, uh, yes, 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 yes. And that was the first time I'd ever even like heard of a coach. So I started like reading into it and I was like, oh my God, a life coach. I was like, that sounds so fucking cool. Like a life coach, like someone who helps other people find their light in this world. Like that is exactly like, there was just not a single question in my mind that that is what I wanted to do. So I finished out my two classes. I didn't apply to nursing school and I just like went, 
full in on coaching. Like I just started calling myself a coach. People say, oh, I'm an aspiring, aspiring. Stop calling yourself an aspiring. Whatever you are, you're already doing the damn thing. So like show up like, like the big dogs do. You know what I mean? Like you're in the arena. You have every right to play the game just as much as anyone else. So that really was like, I'm really excited because I remember being so excited. Like, oh my God, like life coaching. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to have clients. Like, and then so it was really cool because not only did I have to learn how to become a coach at this point, I had to learn how to run like a full on business while learning how to take care of myself while learning how to navigate my twenties. Like, and also I wanted to go back to what, what's something that helped you clear your eczema? Okay. So, so I got eczema when I was like nine out of nowhere. And then like over the course of the last 13 years, all over my body, my arms, neck, face. And then when I was at that serving job last year was the first time I've ever had it on my face. And for like, I only worked at that job for six months and four months that I was there, maybe my eyes were swollen shut almost the whole time of eczema around my mouth. And so a huge part of it was I found like this lotion that was like, it's called mother's cream or something like that. And that really started helping, but it was crazy. Like as soon as I quit my job and then I started working out and then I started like, I don't know, just spending more time for me, it cleared up. Like I can't explain it. Like I don't have a single inch of eczema on my body and I used to have it everywhere for 13 years you know so I think it goes to show it really was like a um I was googling it too and I do believe in like physical symptoms like uh traumas or whatever like showing up manifesting like in your physical so I do believe that like this last the last batch I had where it broke out so bad was like a physical shedding whatever I was going through I think my body was just trying to like purge and was like get these toxins out of your body you know so I did I, I dropped everything that was harmful to my health health and it went away so yeah this big piece of advice take care of yourself and what's something that you notice like is the main pain point for your clients the main pain point for my clients would definitely be hmm, that's a good question I guess a lot of my clients know that they want to help people or that they know that they want to be an entrepreneur but like the biggest struggle that comes in is like the knowing Like, how do I show up as this person? How do I show up as this person that wants all these things and wants to accomplish it? That's definitely like the biggest pain point. And so it just, it really goes back to like, what I love about it is like, it goes back to, you have all the answers you need within yourself. Like I said, like people, they're so quick to say, I don't know. So if I don't know, I can't do it. Or if I don't have the resources, I can't do it. I've never done that. How can I do that? And in in all honesty, it's really just like, the beautiful part about like my coaching is like I create the space for my clients to come in and it's all about getting aligned with your values, your intentions, and then, and then creating empowered action. Like, I think that's the most important thing is empowered action, because if you're like making decisions from a place of fear, like you're never really going to grow. So yeah, like it's just, it's nice to see like my clients, like I said, get clear first, like they just get clear on being authentic, you know, get clear on what matters to you in this lifetime? What type of person do you want to be? What are your goals? And then how can we like tie all that together to show you that you do know, <laughs> like you do know what you want. You, it's, it's just like people need the accountability. They need that space to be messy and to take action. What is the rejection theory? So the rejection theory, I posted like a little TikTok on my uh, thing of me dancing, but it's basically just saying like, the more that you do things that are out of your comfort zone, out of the norm for you, the more you're reminding yourself that it's really not that serious. Like I said earlier, like no one's judging you as much as you think they are. So just by doing dorky things, like on a day-to-day basis, um, being more of you, like you're just, 
like I said, you're reminding yourself that it's okay to act like this. Like I'm not, you know, like I'm not dead. I didn't get arrested. Like as long as you're not doing anything harmful to yourself or others, like just giving yourself that room to be goofy and be like, be the light that you are. And like I said, I promise you nothing bad is going to happen to that to you, but you need to just show yourself first. Like your mind needs proof that like you can show up authentically and still be successful. And that takes work. So the rejection theory, yeah, it's all about just practicing on a day to day. What can I do to show myself that it's okay to be me? What is the third rule? And the third rule, this is an amazing rule for entrepreneurs. Anybody, this is like a good life rule, to be honest. So like the third rule, a third of people do not give a shit about you. Never even looked your way. You have a third rule, another third, they actually don't like you talk shit, you know, spend their time stalking you, whatever. These people, whatever. And then the third, the other third are the people who love you. The people who really like admire you and want to hear what you have to say and make you feel, you know, a value, like. That's the third that you want to focus on. The third of people that genuinely want to connect with you and are aligned with your values and aligned with your goals. That's the third you focus on. You don't focus on the third of your audience that is talking shit. You don't focus on the third of, you know, people who have never even watched your posts. Like those people are irrelevant to whatever you're trying to accomplish. Focus on the third that matters. The third of people that want to see you grow. And can we talk about your relationships now? And what is something that you think helped you call in a healthier relationship that you have now and something you did and you released in your last relationship before it? I think when I ended my last relationship, it really was the ending moment. I said it out loud. It was, there was no other reason for, I mean, there was like things leading up, but it was, I just love, I finally reached a point where I loved myself so much that I was able to let go of this person because they weren't serving me, you know, like it wasn't like, Oh, well, I love him. So I have to stay with him. It was like, no, I love you, but I love me more. And I think just doing that work really like, I don't know, it, it really helped because I wasn't expecting to get into a relationship and I did, you know, like what, seven months after. And um, so me and my boyfriend have been together for the last year and like two, three months. And like, he's absolutely phenomenal. We were best friends before that for like four years. So like, yeah, we ended up dating, but that was like, it just was weird. Cause it wasn't in the cards. Like we were the best of friends, like just really good friends like to hang out. And I don't know, like one day we just kind of started liking each other, but it like the relationship itself is so healthy. I can't explain it. Like I said, my boyfriend is entrepreneur. He's a personal trainer. So he really is like emphasizes on longevity. He wants people to be their healthiest selves. And like, I want to be, you know, healthy. So it really is like, like I said, at the end of the day, like you want your relationships to align with your values and the type of person that you are. And I think my boyfriend aligns with everything that I could possibly like want. And, 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 and like I said, I wasn't expecting it. And, and it's amazing because I learned as well too, in my past relationship that love is not chaotic. I think that was one of the biggest things healing from my childhood, you know, like you see people screaming all the time. You see people yelling at each other. I had a single mom. I don't know necessarily exactly what love is supposed to look like. So getting into that first long-term relationship, really feeling like, well, I just don't know. Like I, like I know I'm supposed to be treated better, but at the same time, I don't know because I've never had it. I've never seen it. So yeah, that definitely was like a huge part. And, and just realizing like, okay, well, if someone loves you, they don't try to hurt you or scream at you or make you feel like you can't accomplish the things that you want to accomplish. And just going into like whatever relationship I, if I was going to get into one after that, I just was like, I know what I want, you know, like 
like nothing's stopping me this time. I'm in the gym every day. I'm meditating. I'm journaling. I'm reading books. I'm creating a community of all these people. I refuse to get into a relationship that just doesn't align with that. And I got really blessed. Like I'm so lucky. And it's really nice to have a partner that's so supportive. That's the biggest thing as well. Like I said, like you cannot be with someone who doesn't support you or like just doesn't see the vision. Like that is the biggest thing. So yeah, it's, it's nice that I was able to show up for me because now being in this relationship, it's like, I love myself so much. And my boyfriend loves himself so much that it's like, we both know that like we can communicate openly. We both love to like do things together. We're always trying to kind of like, we're just always looking for new ways to like spend time together. You know, it's like a really beautiful thing to be so young and to have such a healthy relationship as well as like, cause he sees the big picture. Like I'm trying to be a coach. Like I'm going to be, you know, six, seven figure entrepreneur within the next year or two. And, and he wants the same exact thing. Like, I'm not going to be you shouldn't be with someone who tells you that you can't do that or tries to give you excuses as to why you can't do that. And it just was, I think it really was like breaking all those cycles. It, it led me to like a great relationship because it was like, okay, you know, when you, when you start, you have six areas of your life. And once you start kind of getting all those areas into balance, you know, your spirituality, your career, your finances, your health, your relationships, all those things. If one's out of balance, the rest of them is going to be out of balance. So like I said, once I started working on me and just focusing on what I wanted, getting into a relationship didn't feel like I was sacrificing anything. It didn't feel like, oh, I'm going to be the one that's taking the load. I'm the one, you know, carrying the weight of this relationship. It didn't feel like, oh man, like I probably deserve to be treated better. You know, it's just really refreshing to be able to kind of completely change everything that I've known about love and like create this like fairy tale love that's like all mine and like it's so real and it's it's just like it's it's a huge blessing just to be able to like experience love when you come from like just like such a crazy background like I said like I just had to learn that love wasn't chaotic so this is one of the first like friendships slash relationships that is like super healthy and a part of all the cycles that are not a part of the cycles I've broken and what advice do you have for someone who wants to date a business owner? How do you think dating a business owner is different from dating someone who's not a business owner? Sorry. Is there any differences that you think there is? Hmm. That's a good question. I guess like my biggest piece of advice is date somebody who's out of your league. Like, and I say that like in the nicest way, like me and my boyfriend have say it to each other all the time. Like we both know we're out of each other's league just a little bit in different areas of our life because we both are constantly striving for more. You want to be with a go-getter, you know, if that's the type of person you are. And if that's not the type of person you are, then don't date an entrepreneur. Like don't date an entrepreneur if you're not willing to understand that, you know, finances are involved. Like that's going to get tricky. That, that, you know, like sales aren't always consistent. It's how do you, understanding that not only are you trying to keep your own dream alive, but you have to support this person in their dreams as well. Like you have to make sure that you're constantly on the same page. That's why you have to be aligned with their values. You want to make sure that like, not only do you love this person, but like you want to support their business, right? Like, yeah, you can date an entrepreneur, but what if you don't support their business? Like, it's just, it goes back to just really aligning to like what matters to you. And and just, if you're going to date an entrepreneur, you need to be willing to have open communication at all times, just like you would with really any other person. But I do stress it a little more with an entrepreneur because like I said, like sales aren't always consistent. Finances are involved. You just don't always know because it's not like a clear nine to five every single day. And you know, their schedule, like you don't always know your partner's schedule. You don't always know 
what their month is going to look like and you just need to be ready to support them. And like I said, it's not your job to ever carry the load or to ever feel like you're sacrificing something for your partner, but it definitely is important to make like, just, just know that you're going to have to hold that extra space for someone. And how do you let your boyfriend know that you're holding extra space for them? Hmm. I don't know. It's just definitely like a lot of reassurance. Like I said, like, it's like, you, you know, your partner's goals, you know, their bigger picture. Like you have to be the one that kind of brings them back to that. Like, it's like a grounding type of thing. Like for my boyfriend, like I will never, like, I don't want to tell him how to run his business or anything, but I do know, like, I, I do know what he's working towards. I do know what he values. I do know what his intentions are when he steps into his gym every day. You know what I mean? So obviously I'm going to be the first person to remind him of those things when he feels like, oh man, like this is hard, or I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it this month or, you know, like just whatever can come up. It's just like, I'm just here as a reminder, like, remember why you started, like just kind of keeping that, keeping the faith strong. And do you guys have any like personal development practices you guys do together? Any rituals? Hmm. We, fitness is like a big part of like his, you know, career, his business. So definitely that's something we do together before COVID we were hiking like every single week and finding new places to hike, which is really fun. But I think like in terms of personal development, our biggest thing really is just like trying to become our healthiest selves together. And then just having honest and open conversations. Like I think that has been the biggest part of my personal development is having someone like, like I said, cause not only do I hold the space for him, but same thing for me. Like he's told me like, don't give up. Like there's no, you know, like you're trying to, you need to remember your mission. You know, so I think the biggest thing is just those like honest and open conversations we have with each other, where we talk about our goals, where we talk about what's not going right in our business, what we want to do better, what we want to have together. Like that has all been such a huge part in my development and, and being able to voice like what I want to someone else, you know, cause it's like rare that people understand the journey of an entrepreneur. And what is something that you're learning right now? Hmm. What is something that this is it. Like literally, I think that's my biggest thing. Before Christmas, I felt so like, am I doing enough? Am I, am I on the right track? Do I need to like do more shadow work? Am I, am I like, do I have these like blocks that I'm not realizing? And and my boyfriend was like, I think like, he's like, you don't really have any work to do. Like you've done everything you want to do. He's like, maybe this is just your time to, to really sit in everything you've done, you know, sit in, in the fact that like, you're doing the damn thing. And I was like, and that really was a wake up call. Like it it reminded me like, this is it. Like everything that I had strived for when I quit nursing school, like I did it, you know, like I'm a coach, I have clients, I got my own apartment, I'm healthy, I'm happy. Like those are the things that matter the most to me. And, and like, I've achieved it. Right. So it's, that's just like, I think the biggest thing I've learned is like being so present with everything and like celebrating all of your big wins, just like you would with your small ones. And and showing up for one client the way you would for a thousand. Like, it's just, this is it. It's, there's no like when I moment. This is absolutely it. I was watching Disney's new movie, Soul. I don't know if you've seen it. I haven't so seen it. So good. Oh, so good. So there's like, she talks about a quick story, but like this fish goes up to the old fish and he's like, oh, I'm looking for the ocean. Like this big blue ocean. Have you seen it? And the old fish is like, you're swimming in it. And the little fish is like, well, I've, you know, I've been looking for it. This is it. Like, this is it. You know, and, and like that moment there, like, like I said, that movie just came out on Christmas. So while I was kind of going through it, I was like, exactly. Like that is such a huge, it like just solidified 
that like, I just really need to stay more present and just continue to celebrate all my wins as wins. That's, that's it. And what is something lighting you up right now? Something that is lighting me up. I don't know. I just, because I feel more grounded in like my day to day now and just trying to be more present, it really lights me up knowing that I did it. Like it's, it's so, sometimes it gets like, just, I start crying because I feel so happy that I was able to overcome this childhood trauma, break these generational cycles, get myself out of, you know, what I was scared I was stuck in. Like, like that is definitely like, I don't know what lights me up. Like, wow. Like I really did that. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I just, I made a decision one day that I was going to love myself. And because I made that single decision, like I really did change the course of my life. And then uh, I'm just like really sitting in that right now as a, as a 22 year old. <laughs> and what is something that most people don't know about you? Something that people, most people don't know about me. I don't know. I feel like I'm a pretty open book. I don't know. I love to cook and I love to dance. Like I absolutely love to dance, but I'm super shy about it. So maybe that's something most people don't know. <laughs> what is something small that you do every day to bring yourself joy? Working out, definitely. I don't work out like seven days a week, but I do work out like a good three to four times a week, which is amazing. And cooking myself a good meal, like you deserve to eat good all the time. So like, because I love to cook, I love making like amazing meals. What else do I do for myself? Dance parties are a huge thing, like getting your body moving because there's so much energy. So, you know, when you start to feel stagnant, like just start moving. And I promise you, like, you'll feel all the difference. What else do I do? Hmm. I don't know. Like just really like, I guess every day I wake up and I just decide like, I'm going to make an impact today. And, and like, because I make that decision every single day, like, I don't know, I'd like to say like my day to day is just, it's really fulfilling because that's where I learned the most change happens is in your day to day. It's not big overnight successes. It's, you know, how you treat yourself on a daily basis. And if you were to choose a word for what you want 2021 to be, what would your word be? 2021. That's a good question. I guess just like abundance, like overall abundance. Like I said, like I've, I've really shown up for myself and like shown myself that I love myself and that I'm deserving and I'm worthy of, you know, the nice things in life and things that I want to do. So 2021 is definitely like letting those like seeds come to fruition. And if you were to go back in time and talk to your 20 year old self, what advice would you give her? stop like dimming your light. That was like what I I think I did from like 18 to 21. I really dimmed my light. Like I just didn't talk about the things that I like to talk about. Didn't do the things that I wanted to do. Never like didn't get treated the way like I just like didn't treat myself the way I deserve to be treated. So like I definitely go back to my 20 year old self and be like, dude, stop dimming your light. Like, you know what you want. So go and get it. I guess that's like the biggest thing. Stop being so, so scared. (laughs) Or, or shy or just like I said that feeling of not feeling like you deserve it like that's that's what I tell her like you do deserve it thank you so much for doing this thank you for having me it was a lot of fun <laughs> <laughs> and where can people connect with you online so if you guys want to connect with me on Instagram it's Alexis Escobar Alexis with two s's and then a underscore at the end I host the higher purpose podcast which is 10 to 15 minute episodes where I really do just like help entrepreneurs try and find that authenticity, find that success, find that fulfillment. And where else? And on TikTok, it's the same as my Instagram, Alexis Escobar, Alexis with two S's and an underscore at the end. And yeah, I look forward to connecting you. If you're a first generation entrepreneur, you want to be healthy, happy, fulfilled, like 
follow me on Instagram. I'd love to connect with you. Thank you guys so much for listening. I love if you can leave me a review on iTunes. Please feel free to share it with any friends you think the story would resonate with. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.